G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, a new book is being released. It's going to be in the bookstores Monday week and you can pre-order it now. It's written by Dr. David Van Gend. It's called Stealing from a Child, The Injustice of Marriage Equality. Now, the book is described as a careful and heartfelt manifesto against redefining marriage. Now, you might like to join our conversation today, 1-800-316-316. It is a major battle that's going to be fought over the issue of marriage in the coming times. And a special welcome to Dr. David Van Gend, who's joining us today. Hello, David. Welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Lovely to be back. Well, David, a timely release for your book this month uh, because you couldn't have anticipated with all the hard work that you were putting in that it might actually be coinciding with uh, what might become a uh, a determined way of actually resolving this marriage issue with a plebiscite. Of course, that's still got to get through the Senate, but uh, it is certainly timely that your book is coming out this month. Yes, Neil, I'd like to say that it was all due to careful planning. It was not. I've been working uh, half days for nine months to get this book done, and I, I uh, just managed to finish it and get it to the printers. Uh, as we reach this very special month between the bill having been brought to Parliament a couple of days ago for a plebiscite to be held on February 11th and the decisive meeting by the Labour Party caucus on Monday the 10th of October, that's where the Labour Party will decide whether to honour the will of the people, the vast majority of whom uh, wanted a plebiscite before the election, to honour the will of the government who took this promise as a mandate to the election. Or Labor might choose to scuttle that and and play very, very ugly politics where they they brand all of us who want to keep marriage a man-woman thing and keep family a a mother-father-child thing, brand all of us as all sorts of bad names that you've heard. So we are in this sweet few weeks, Neil, and my little book, uh, actually quite a big book and a very very, um, very serious and careful book, but very, as you said, very heartfelt because it is um, going straight to the heart of, of why we have marriage, which is it's an institution built around children, ultimately. Now, uh, February yeah. 11th, David, is a date that yes. the government would like to see for the plebiscite. And as you say, we might need to wait until the 10th of October uh, to see if Labor will actually uh, support the idea of the plebiscite. But it seems to me that it's battle stations all around, uh, both sides uh, getting ready for what will be a, a struggle to actually win the hearts and minds of Australians. And uh, there'll be arguments on both sides. I suspect that truth about 
what uh, the consequences of same-sex marriage might be is going to be a very important element of how uh, all of this unfolds because truth uh, these days is often seen as a relative thing. You know, what's true for you may not be true for me, uh, but there is an element in which uh, the idea of proof and evidence is going to be very, very important. And I know you are a researcher when it comes to issues to do with marriage and the effects that a change of the marriage definition might have. How important is it to to focus on truth, to look at evidence, to actually be able to discern the value of evidence in all of this? Truth is the only rock we can stand on. Truth is the only way our minds can settle and have peace. We need to be confident in our facts. And so um, the book... Uh, contains very carefully gathered truth. Uh, There's one um, monumental chapter called Social Science Speaks Out, uh, you know, on behalf of a child needing a mother and father. And even my wife said that that big, you know, 20,000-word chapter, she said she couldn't put it down. Even the statistics were interesting, she said. (laughs) So truth doesn't have to be boring. But what that chapter shows is that we know as the most certain thing we know in social science, that a child, on average, will always do best with their own biological mother and father. Now, we know that many things happen in life where a child can't have both biological mother and father. There's death of a parent or there's divorce or there's re-blending of families. There's many things. But those things happen as tragedies. They're not government policy, are they? Government policy to deprive a child of their mother or their father problem with same-sex marriage, it is an institution that will deprive children by law of either their mum or their dad, and we know from the social science that that is deliberately disadvantaging and in some ways harming children as government policy. So I'd invite your readers to get the book, read that fascinating chapter, and at the end of it, because I have an advanced copy of the book here in my hot little hand, Neil, uh, And at the end of it, I I say something to the effect of given this confident science that we stand on, how could any um, lawmaker be so negligent, so captive to fashion, so indifferent uh, to the best interests of the child as to pass this same-sex marriage uh, uh, bill into law? That's what we're facing. And, of course, there's many other aspects of truth, one of the most important being that marriage itself is a true thing. It is not a social invention. It is a social recognition of natural truth, the male-female reality of nature, which we don't invent. We can't redefine nature. And so when we see that all through human history, marriage is and has only ever been a recognition of male-female relationships and the offspring that they create, uh, then we realise that it is not open to a parliament or a plebiscite or a court to redefine nature. We can't do it because the truth of marriage is defined by nature as a man-woman thing.
Let me ask you about the title of your book. It's called Stealing from a Child, The Injustice of Marriage Equality. This idea of stealing from a child, uh, this is an interesting and very, very powerful title that you've got here. Uh, What is it you're trying to communicate in the title of your book, Stealing from a Child? At one point I say, we steal a child's birthright to have, where possible, both a mum and a dad. When we institute motherless families and fatherless homes as an ideal in our law. Now, that's what I said before. If we institute a thing, Neil, called two-man marriage, we are instituting motherless families in law. And we are saying that future children don't need a mother and we're passing laws to make sure that those children won't have a mother and I say we are shallow fools if we think we can do that without harming children that's the principle stealing you are stealing their kinship bonds their identity their place in the natural flow of life the family tree how dare we adults abuse our power in order to willfully, deliberately deprive those children of the love of their mother or the love of their father. That is the fundamental offence of same-sex marriage. David, there is something, isn't there, in human nature that says, well, it'll only be a few children. It'll only be those children that are going to be uh, the product or the uh, acquisition of those same-sex marriages. And there's so much uh, controversy. There's so much uh, heated debate. There's so much name-calling going on. Can't we just appease them and allow those children to suffer that disadvantage? Is that the sort of thing that uh, that, that human nature tends to do? It probably is, but it's it's a um, it's a very uh, crude and uh, and and poor approach. You think about the last time we had a government policy that you know hurt children. Only three years ago, we had our former prime minister Julia Gillard give that very beautiful national apology uh, for forced adoption of babies away from teenage mothers, and she gave that very wonderful speech where she said. We broke the most primal and sacred bond there is, the bond between a mother and her baby, end quote. I think it was her finest moment, um, Ms Gillard. And now, three years later, Neil, we are being asked to support another government policy that will break that primal and sacred bond all over again. Because if we institute the marriage of two men, we are instituting motherless children. We are breaking that bond. Do we never stop finding new ways of hurting children is the question. And, you know, one of my chapters is called Children of Homosexual Homes Speak Out. <clears throat> I think it's the most moving because the intimate you know, feelings of these lovely adults who love their, say, their lesbian parents, they love them. They love them to bits. But as, as Heather Barwick says, quote, my father's absence created a huge hole in me and I ached every day for a dad. I loved my mum's partner, but another mum could never have replaced the father I lost. Um, And, you know, when I was talking to Peter Janetsky on um, Talking Life in in Brisbane Talkback, this young woman called Amy 
rang in. And I give Amy's story as another example in this book. It's so moving when she said, I just wanted a dad. How can we do that? How can we, as adults, how can, how can two lesbian women, you know, uh, sit down and say, we will now obtain a child by anonymous sperm donation. Child will never know her dad, but will be emotionally fulfilled. Well, how can Elton John and his partner, David Furnish, you know, twice create uh, surrogate babies by some anonymous egg donor, a blended vial of their sperm, because they didn't even want to know who the dad was, and then take this baby away from her birth mother's breast and take it away because us two rich rock star types want to be emotionally fulfilled. I say that's an abuse of adult power. It must not go on. And same-sex marriage will institute that as a right in our law, Neil. David, there's a lot of things you cover in your book, and uh, the idea of adopting an ability for same-sex people to marry is not just a big risk into the unknown, a step into the unknown, because there are other nations that have gone before and they have already changed the definition of marriage. They are allowing same-sex marriage. Some people will say it's just inevitable that we're following them, but the fact that we are lagging behind means we have the benefit of seeing some of the effects that are happening in those nations and some people will say oh you just talk about the sky is falling and you know the world will be chaotic if this happens well uh, well there are some uh, emerging trends that we can see internationally and you've outlined some of those in your new book Uh, tell us about the effects on marriages that happen in nations where there is already same-sex marriage that's been legislated that's, that's, that's a very important finding about the effect on opposite-sex marriage. A uh, hundred scholars uh, got together and compiled the evidence from around the world and wrote to the US Supreme Court in a submission last year. And they pointed out that everywhere in the world where same-sex marriage is brought in, the opposite-sex marriage rate suddenly drops by 5%. Now, 5% is one in every 20 marriages in the country. It's, it's a very big number. And that is in addition to any downward trend there might have been. They give examples from Holland, they give examples from Spain, they give examples from elsewhere, including individual states in America who have same-sex marriage introduced. So it's a very interesting finding. And they they point out that this has flow-on effects because we know from social science that children never do as well, on average, when their parents their biological parents are not married, so that's a disadvantage. It also, of course, increases the abortion rate in a measurable way because statistically unmarried couples have a greater abortion rate than married couples. They point out the consequences of this diminishing of opposite-sex marriage. And to me, Neil, it makes sense. If we change the meaning of marriage, if it is no longer the vocation given by nature to a man and a woman who uniquely have the power and the duty to create the next generation. If it is no longer a thing about the collaboration of man and woman, if it is no longer this honoured, necessary, unique vocation of man and woman, if it's no different in the eyes of the law to, you know, the two blokes in their cocker spaniel in the unit upstairs, well, why would young people care about marriage? What is it? It's just, it's just two besties, two best friends forever who want to have a ceremony. And, or maybe it's three best friends. Or maybe it's four best friends in due course. I mean, it is just romantic 
slop. It is no longer the rigorous, real, vital life task of marriage and family. It is just an emotional bond. And frankly, what self-respecting young couples would give a damn. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020. On Vision Christian Radio. Dr. David Van Gend is our guest. It is Marriage Week. We're talking to David Van Gend, who leads the Australian Marriage Forum. There is a website for Australian Marriage Forum. It's australianmarriage.org. We're talking about the release of David's brand new book, very timely given the announcement this week of a date for a proposed plebiscite. And David's book is called Stealing from a Child, The Injustice of Marriage Equality. We are taking calls, 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation, a couple of callers who are waiting there at the moment, be patient for just a few moments because, David, I want to ask you about one of the other consequences, and that is oftentimes referred to as the the package deal that comes along with same-sex marriage. Uh, What are your concerns about the package deal? This is the reality we face, Neil. If, if we uh, normalise homosexual marriage in the highest institution of our land, okay, so it becomes the law of the land, certain things flow from that uh, because we have then normalised homosexual, bisexual, transsexual behaviour in the culture with the full force of anti-discrimination law. Now, what that means is that at present, for example, the Safe Schools gender theory program that's being forced on our children, quite an obscene program in parts, that we can push back against at present. We can get rid of it, and we have to some extent. But once homosexual, bisexual, transsexual marriage is the law of the land, parents will have no power, I promise you, none. It's happened in Massachusetts, it's happened overseas, You cannot push back. You cannot take your children out of those classes. You cannot stop these activists teaching our kids these awful things. Now, you will have safe schools on steroids if you vote for same-sex marriage. It is as simple as that. And your pastors will be silenced by anti-discrimination law, by the endless harassment of the human rights commissions, as we have seen overseas, as we have seen here. Even now, um, before we have same-sex marriage laws, Archbishop Porteous in Tasmania was dragged before the Human Rights Commission for almost a year by a a transgender Greens activist who didn't like his teaching on marriage. Well, he got out of that, and that's fine, uh, but we will not get out of it once homosexual, bisexual, transsexual marriage is the law of the land. And uh, we've got to know that it is a package deal, that when you get your same-sex marriage, out goes the words mother and father on birth certificates, like we've seen uh, in Spain, for example, and they become parent one and parent two. Out goes husband and wife. You can't have husband and wife in a genderless world. You can't have husband and wife on birth certificate, marriage certificates or legal documents because that'll offend the genderless couples. So marriage will be unrecognisable, family will be unrecognisable, and the very meaning of male and female will be undermined by this insidious, genderless package deal. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from David in Quilpie in Queensland. Hello, David. Welcome along. Oh, hi, Neil. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. David, and, what uh, are your like thoughts? 
okay. Um, yeah, so uh, I see that um, I, I'm quite uh, uh, present on uh, social media, like Facebook, and there is uh, lots of uh, pro-same-sex marriage on uh, Facebook. Um, I, I've been trying to give another voice to um, to those opinions uh, and those posts, and uh, I often come across uh, the argument that um, same-sex marriage doesn't necessarily mean that these same-sex couples are interested in adopting and doesn't really affect children. And also, um, just wanted to know about uh, same-sex adoption laws, let's say, in Australia and in the US, because I guess uh, I'm not quite... I don't have that uh, knowledge to um, argue back with those points. Uh, David, let's hear from David Van Gend on the sorts of things that you're sharing because uh, there is a sense in which, I guess, social media is flooded with uh, the arguments for the same-sex marriage and uh, that say that children have nothing to do with that. But uh, I guess what you're talking about, David Van Gend, uh, is something that people who are arguing those things may actually be a little naive about. Yeah, exactly right. And I've just found the page, David, from Quilpy, page 36 of my book. There's an answer in this book for everything you might have on your mind. And I said there, uh, people like Labor Senator Penny Wong insist that because some same-sex couples already obtain children by adoption or by surrogacy, that nothing is going to change with same-sex marriage. That is not correct. David, uh, this is the situation. A number of states rightly prohibit same-sex couples and single people from adopting or creating a child by surrogacy or IVF, since that's not considered to be in the best interests of the child. It is important to understand that the ethical objection applies equally to single people adopting or creating by surrogacy as it does to same-sex couples. So this is the point, uh, David. At the time of writing, this is chapter I was writing in June, single people and same-sex couples cannot adopt in South Australia or Queensland. They cannot obtain a child by surrogacy in Western Australia or South Australia. They can't create a child by IVF in South Australia. And although there's moves by Labor governments, uh, David, around the country to try and overturn those, that's the situation. And it's a state issue. The LNP in Queensland has a policy to overturn Labor's surrogacy provisions for, for same-sex couples. So you see it's a state issue, and it'll come and go according to state policies. But, David, this is the point. If you get a federal law for same-sex marriage, that overrides all the state discrepancies because marriage in international law includes, quote, the right to found a family, end quote. So if you give two men marriage, you are giving them the absolute right to adopt the absolute right to create a child by surrogacy on a par with an infertile man-woman couple in law. And state objections have to fall aside because that's how our constitution works in Australia. <clears throat> so <clears throat> same-sex marriage as a federal law is a law with teeth. It is a permanent nationwide violation of a child's birthright to have, where possible, both a mum and a dad. So there you go, mate. I hope you got all that. Oh, yes, I did. Um, sounds like um, there's lots of arguments being made uh, 
uh, <coughs> out of ignorance. And uh, thanks for informing, informing it me. Is. David, it sounds like page 36 is the one you'll be looking for <laughs> when you get a hold of David Van Gen's new book. Uh, <laughs> David from Quilpy, thanks so much for your input today here on 2020. one more thing, just before David goes, or if he has gone, but yep. he also mentioned overseas adoption. This is the other aspect. In Britain... All church adoption agencies have had to close. All the Catholic adoption agencies have had to close once gay marriage came in because they were then forced by law to adopt babies equally to two men as to an infertile married mother and father. And in America, there's a big evangelical adoption agency. It's had to close, as has Catholic Charities in Boston. These Christian-based adoption agencies, which have served the community for decades beautifully, are having to close because of gay marriage laws. Because gay marriage brings with it the normalization of gay parenting under law. You must give that little child, even Stevens, to two men, as you would to a man and a woman, because that's the law. Now, I think that's grotesquely unjust to children. David from Quilpie, thanks so much for your input today on 2020. Uh, just a couple of minutes out from news, let's take another quick call. Mary Lynn from Gympie in Queensland. Hello, Mary Lynn. Welcome along. Hello. Mary Lynn, need to be quick. What's your thoughts? Well, um, my thoughts are I agree that it, um, you know, shouldn't we shouldn't be having this. And... Um, why can't the people decide of Australia instead of the politicians? Also, uh, I think it's a horrific amount of money uh, for, for, to come off the tax bill, which, us, uh, you know, all us people have to work very hard and pay taxes. And that amount of money is just deplorable to spend on this when they can just sit there and fill out a piece of paper and say, well, I'd vote for it or I don't vote for it. And, uh, and in my opinion, it's a... It's a it's a form of child abuse to a child to do that, to bring them into the world, not without a father. Uh, some mixed things that you're saying there. Oh, yeah. A very quick response from you, David Van Gend. Yeah, thanks, Mary Lynn. Um, and you're quite right. It should be the people who decide on this, not the politicians. The politicians are subject to all sorts of pressure groups, and, and they're, yeah, they're, not, they're not... All of us are involved in this most fundamental institution of society. If there's ever to be a conscience vote given to the people of the country... It should be on the institution of marriage. All of us must have a say because so many of us have been cowed into silence by the abuse from the other side that there is a misunderstanding out there of how strong the feeling is to preserve marriage. Do not doubt, Mary Lynn, we can win this plebiscite, and I think we will. I think we will, and that is why Labor and the Greens are so terrified and the gay lobby is so terrified of letting the people have a say because they... Now's the time to understand the consequences of changing the definition of marriage. Well, David Van Gend is releasing a book. In fact, it's going to be in bookstores by the end of the month. There's a rolling national tour about to take place talking about this book and the contents Stealing from a Child, The Injustice of Marriage Equality. I described a little earlier, the book is uh, described as a careful and heartfelt manifesto against redefining marriage. David Van Gend is our guest. And David, before we take some more callers, uh, let me just ask you about this rolling national tour that you're about to undertake. Uh, you're going to be leaving your workplace and you're going to be on a lot of aeroplanes talking to an awful lot of people face-to-face. -face. Uh, tell us about this tour. Absolutely. Um, we, we are going to every state capital. We're going to Canberra uh, the day after Mr Shorten has his momentous caucus meeting. So over the next three weeks, we'll be going everywhere... 
and I'd like your listeners to know how to follow the tour and how to get there. Very simple. Just go to our website, australianmarriage.org, australianmarriage.org. And there uh, you'll get this great big picture of me looking out at you saying book launch. And click on that and you'll find all the details for every capital city. Can I give you a plug for the very first one, which is uh, Friday week? Friday the 23rd is Brisbane. Uh, we'll be honoured by having uh, George Christensen, MP, uh, one of our bravest politicians who helped overturn the Safe Schools program to some extent. George will be giving some encouraging remarks, and I will be giving everyone the, the inspiring uh, talk on, on, on how we can win this plebiscite and why we have the arguments on our side and how they're all captured in this book. And David, um, a lot of our listeners will be on Facebook <laughs> and uh, when it comes to having those arguments at the ready for when yep. they might be able to uh, introduce those, when those conversations, sometimes those heated uh, confrontations come up yeah. and the, they might like to be able to uh, access some of the thoughts that you have, uh, what, how important is it for people to just check out your Facebook page? We'd love you to do that. Uh, it's called, um, it's just Australian Marriage Forum, Inc., Incorporated. If you go to the other one, you'll get an abusive site that, that lays into me with all sorts of obscenities. So don't, don't like that site, will you? <laughs> like the real site, and the real site is Australian Marriage Forum, Inc. Incorporated. Now, what I'm going to do, pretty much every day, um, our IT friend is going to roll out one little quote from the book, what I think captures a point or an argument or an insight best, and we're just going to keep it rolling out. And, oh, you won't be able to not buy a book after a few of those. You'll be running to get that book. Uh, but please join our Facebook site. Please like it. Please share everything because that's where most of the action is. But also our website has some deeper resources, australianmarriage.org. And one thing, if people can't come to a book launch to buy a book, they can already order the book at the publisher, which is Connor Court, C-O-N-N-O-R, Connor Court Publishing. Uh, a very major, very fine publishing house in Australia, Connor Court Publishing. And uh, the, if you go to the same-sex marriage section, I'm the fourth book that they've published on this issue, uh, some for, some against, you know, very thoughtful books. And please order 100 at a time because then you'll get a discount and you can give it to everyone in the church, all your friends and release. We must realise that we have the serious reasons on our side, the heartfelt reasons on our side, the mature, true reasons to leave marriage true to nature, a man-woman thing. And David, just quickly on the proceeds of the book, this is not a get-rich scheme from David Van Gend. The proceeds of this book are going to the uh, the uh, Australian Marriage Forum as the Australian Marriage uh, Defence. Very sad. No, I won't make a solitary bean out of this. No, I've specified in the front page of the book all proceeds, all royalties go to the Australian Marriage Forum. It is a campaign book, a campaign manifesto. The publisher promised me a cigar when we sell the first 10,000, which shouldn't take long. So if only I liked cigars, that would be a reward, but it's not. <laughs> OK. Well, we're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Ray in Jeeveston in Tasmania. Hello, Ray. Welcome along. Hi. I uh, just wanted to uh, tell two two issues. The first is to ask David... Um, why these arguments didn't succeed in Ireland in their referendum. Yep. 
And the second thing, I want to raise an issue. I'm a carer for my wife, and we were married in 1992. I had to go from Houston to Hewenville to uh, service TAS, the state government organisation, to change her address and do things for Penny because she wasn't well. And I had our marriage certificate from the Garden City Christian Church. They would not accept it. They would not accept our marriage certificate from the church. Now, if I use the second law of logic, law of rational inference, any pastor that marries, refuses to marry a same-sex couple, wouldn't it be rational to say that that church would not be recognised by the state? It's a very interesting point, Ray. Even as we speak, the Presbyterian Church is having their National Assembly in Melbourne. And at that assembly, uh, Reverend Darren Middleton, uh, who is a fine pastor in Melbourne, will be bringing a proposal that the Presbyterian Church cut itself off from state marriage if gay marriage is, is, is law. They will say people who want to register as a state married couple under this new law can do that at the government registry but we the church will only conduct christian weddings sacramental you know um, covenant weddings uh, between man and woman uh, according to the truth as we understand it now that is what the presbyterians will be debating i don't know which way they'll go but there is a lot of merit uh, in in that position uh, it's just tragic beyond words that the gay marriage movement is going to cut the Christian world away from the rest of society uh, over this issue, even though it has been the Christian culture that has nurtured marriage and weddings and all the culture around marriage has been one of the most beautiful creations or, de you know, or enrichments by Christian culture over the last thousand years, they're going to be cut off. No Christian photographers or bakers or, or wedding venue proprietors will be able to continue to work because they will be got by anti-discrimination law. So there's a whole chapter on that in the book called Bigots, Bakers and the Thought Police. Uh, Ray, don't miss that chapter. Um, but these are the sort of consequences that will come to Christian people. Uh, and as you said, the church will have a real struggle as to how it can relate to government marriage licenses and certificates won't it uh, you also asked about ireland ray the reason ireland lost was largely because there were about 120 million dollars of you know american uh, money from the atlantic philanthropies and other big gay donors that completely flooded any attempt by the pro-marriage uh, people in ireland to have get their word out and there was a lot of uh, vandalism and intimidation tearing down of the you know, natural marriage posters intimidating of their of their campaigners. It was it was pretty grim, as far as the um, the silencing of the of the natural you know the pro marriage vote. So they lost, but we're not going to. We're not going to lose. We're going to be more organised. We're going to be tougher. We're not going to let ourselves be silenced. And I firmly believe we can win this plebiscite. Uh, and the people must be given their say. Bill Shorten must not deprive the people of Australia of their say on this. Thank you to Ray from Jeeveston in Tasmania and our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316 that's 1-800-316-316 While you're talking Bill Shorten there David uh, there's the speech that he made uh, just a couple of days ago uh, yeah. that was you know defending his reasons why not 
uh, to endorse a plebiscite. And, uh, and I think you describe his words in talking about suicide uh, in the gay community and particularly young uh, gay men and women, uh, the idea of playing the suicide card. What are your thoughts on discussion about uh, suicide and the risk that some young people may well be upset uh, yes. by hearing a, a debate that might be uh, against what they're doing? Yes, exactly. The, the only harm that is being done is being done by Bill Shorten, by Richard Dean Natale, by certain gay activists. I'm a GP. I know that you do not suggest to adolescent minds that suicide would be an entirely understandable option. Of course you should feel suicidal because homophobic society is telling you things you don't want to hear. Of course suicide would be an obvious thing for you to do. Yes. What a reckless, what an irresponsible thing for any leader to suggest to young minds. The only approach is to say to these young people, to the young LGBT people, older LGBT people, say, hey, Regain your pride. Tell these nannies where to go and join in the plebiscite debate like any other citizen. Be proud. Don't be told that you're weak. Don't be told that you're an emotional basket case. You're not. All the gay and lesbian people I know are certainly not. Uh, Neil, it is an abominable approach by Shorten, by, by Dina Tale. It is so cynical, it is beyond belief, that they would deliberately milk milk the risk of youth suicide as a way of saying to all of us, unless you agree with us, the Greens and Labour, unless you agree with us and shut up, basically, you have blood on your hands. Can you believe it? Have you ever heard any, any emotional blackmail like that in public life ever? It is despicable. Well, one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen to join in our conversation today. Let's hear from Anne in Queensland. Hello, Anne. Welcome along to twenty twenty. Thank you. I'm really enjoying the discussion this morning. It's great. Yeah, good. I'm totally against gay marriage, but I do have a question that has been raised in debates that I've heard on previous times, not in not recently. Doesn't seem to have been brought up, but stories of where gay couples, the partner, are not allowed into, for example, ICU because their relationship's not recognised. Yes. Um, those sorts of issues, I think, which are wrong because we also have to be compassionate. Yep. Um, what happens about those sorts of legal situations um, yep, where it's all sorted, they're not, Anne. you know? Yep. yep, it's all totally sorted. There are no situations like that anymore. It's over. In 2008, there were 85 federal laws amended by a bipartisan majority and it got rid of any such discrimination. There is none left in Australia. Zero. It doesn't matter. You know, a gay couple has exactly the same rights, benefits, legal status as any couple, married or de facto whether it's on you know, taxation, superannuation, Medicare, next of kin, status, uh, anything you like, there is no shred of difference under Australian law between a same-sex couple and a married heterosexual couple. None. Zero. Zip. So, uh, as Tanya Plibersek said in May last year, we changed 85 laws and got rid of any legal discrimination on the statute books against gay and lesbian people and same-sex couples, end quote. So it's all over. There is nothing, 
there is no discrimination in Australia against same-sex couples, none. The only reason that they can't marry is because only a man and a woman can marry according to nature. We didn't invent marriage. It's a natural institution. We can't change it. But secondly, if you let them marry, then they have the legal right to obtain the child by adoption, surrogacy, IVF. And that's different. Uh, and because it's no longer a, a, a relationship between adults, it's now a third party. It's a relationship between a child and the adults. And a child does not relate to two men the same way she relates to her biological mother and father. There is a major difference between those two, and that's why we have to, we have to discriminate justly in favour of the child's rights. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Dr. David Van Gend, our guest, he leads the Australian Marriage Forum. We're talking about his new book, Stealing from a Child, The Injustice of Marriage Equality. Uh, David, uh, one listener called through and said, I live in a remote country area. How do I get a hold of your book? Is it going to be available as an e-book? What's the answer to that one? It will be uh, eventually, but publishers don't like e-books too early. They like to try and recoup some of their costs through selling the real book, and the real book's so much nicer to have in your hand and dog mark and write on. So the, the real book uh, can be got now from Connor Court online. Go to Connor Court, C-O-N-N-O-R, and their website has the section Same-Sex Marriage, and there you'll find my big bright book with a rainbow cover, and uh, you can buy them there. Also, ask at your local Coorong, if you're in a decent-sized town, to get one in for you because Coorong is going to be stocking these books and we'd love you to support Coorong uh, buying those books in. Uh, if, you know what I might do? I think I might do an audio book too because I, I, I really love that. I've got a politician friend who says he's too busy to read and he wants to listen to it on the way to and from the big city. So I'll try and do an audio book. Yes, there'll be an e-book in due course. Please buy it. It's a, a really easy read strangely enough people tell me and it's so full of moving things and testimonies and vital arguments and facts it's not my doing i've just gathered the best of everything that's out there in the world and put it in this book uh, that's why i'm not getting a dollar from it it's all going into our campaign but can i say neil we do want to engage a brilliant video producer to come with me for this whole month we need some money. We need some serious money to have him released from his other commitments so he can come and interview leading figures that we need to interview, get a cast, a, a cloud of witnesses of ordinary Australians saying their bit to camera about why you need to keep marriage the way it is. This is the same guy who we got to do that beautiful video on Chella White, Chella's story, which had half a million views in a few days. It, it will be incorporated into a Sunday night program on Channel 7 this Sunday uh, about safe schools. He's a top guy. We need money for him. If you can donate at our website, australianmarriage.org, and donate something to us to support Wayne, please, this month is vital. We need your help. We have no money other than what people give us online, nothing. So thanks so much. Okay, we're taking calls, a uh, number of calls on uh, waiting patiently. Sorry, we I'll might be not be able quick. to get through them all. Let's uh, take a quick one from Bob in Bowen in Queensland. Hello, Bob. Welcome along. Oh, hello. How are you going? Good, Bob. Need to be fairly quick. Okay, mate. I was just going to say, look, first of all, I'm not, I wouldn't vote for gay marriage, but I just wanted to say I think we've got to be a bit careful um, how we handle it and not make a mountain out of a molehill because I think there's every chance that it will go through and we've got to remember these people, God loves them too 
and we're going to be the safety net because when they get what they think they want and it doesn't turn out to be what they thought it was, they're going to fall and we've got to be there to catch them. Bob, good thoughts in there. Uh, yes. I'll uh, I'll just thank you for those, and uh, let's just take another call too. Uh, let's hear from Craig in Horsham. Hi, Craig. Welcome along. Uh, thanks, Neil. Um, just uh, making comment about the um, AFL Rainbow game in Round Twenty One, St Kilda and Sydney. If you look at that game, God's left his fingerprint on that game. St Kilda kicked eleven goals, ten, which is eleven is chaos, and ten is perfect the perfect number. Sydney won by 70 points, which is 10, 7 to 70. That's all I've got to say. God leaves his fingerprint on everything. It's God's message to, to the world. Uh, interesting thoughts in that, Craig. And uh, thanks very much to Craig and to Bob for your insights. Uh, we won't get a reflection on those uh, from David, but just wanting to tie some loose ends together because time is running out. Uh, David, uh, the exciting thing is uh, your book is about to be released. The timeliness of this is quite significant. People want to get in their hot little hand something that is reliable, something that's accurate, something that will have uh, proof and evidence, uh, not just a whole lot of emotionalism. Uh, when they buy your book, Stealing from a Child, The Injustice of Marriage, you've got in there, as you say, the best of the best, which means there's access there to some of the best research that's into these topics uh, that's available around the world. Indeed, and there's 470 detailed footnotes that my scholarly son carefully went through. So you've got everything you need. My good friend, Lyle Shelton, who's the head of Australian Christian Lobby, he says on the back, if you think same-sex marriage won't affect your family or your freedoms, you haven't read this book. And my good friend Lyle has read this book, and he's excited about it. So if Lyle Sheldon's excited about it, and he's our main warrior on this, then you can take it that it's worth a read. And I do hope that it enriches uh, the Christian community's convictions and courage uh, to stand with the child on this great matter. Okay, the book is called Stealing from a Child, The Injustice of Marriage Equality. The rolling national tour is getting underway very soon. There is a launch that's on in southeast Queensland. For people in southeast Queensland, it's going to be in Brisbane. You can get the details of that when you go to the Australian Marriage Forum website. Uh, that's simply australianmarriage.org. And uh, as I say, uh, there's that Facebook following, uh, all sorts of things. Uh, you can get a hold of the book right now from Connor Court. Just remember, C-O-N-N-O-R, Court, Connor Court. And, uh, of course, it's going to be available in good Christian bookstores at the end of this month. Uh, always good getting your insights, David. Uh, a powerful time ahead. Uh, I know it'll be a challenge for you, but uh, all the best for your national tour. And we'll monitor that along as we go, and we'll uh, get some updates along the way. But thanks so much for sharing your heart with us today here on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.